So here I am kicking off the summer series. Over the next few weeks, you're going to hear from different people. And really, this is a chance for us to just kind of share with you what is in our heart, what we believe the Lord is speaking to us about, and what we feel that he wants to share with you guys as a church during this season. So last week, Trevor, he concluded our one series. You know, he looked at how we are one church body, all with different parts to play, how we complement each other, and how we can serve each other as we are united together in one body. And I was really struck, actually, by quite a few things that Trevor said. But there was one phrase that really stood out to me, and that was that healthy things grow. Remember him saying that? Healthy things grow. And, you know, that is a phrase that we use in this church quite often. But last week when I heard it, it really um, stood out to me in a new way. And actually, um, with that in mind, that phrase, that healthy things grow, this morning, that's what I, it was confirmation of what I feel the Lord was leading me to speak on. And that is that what is it that we are rooted in? What is it that we are rooted in? Because, you know, for us to grow in our spiritual walk, in our relationship with Jesus, in our faith, we need to be healthy, don't we? In order to grow, we need to be healthy. And where does that healthy growth start from? It starts from the roots. If we are not rooted in the right place, if we are not rooted in Christ, where we should be, then that's going to impact our whole being. So at the start of the summer holidays, where, you know, I recognise many people use this time to rest and to reflect, maybe on, on the first half of the year, maybe to prepare for what's coming. I don't know about you, but as a teacher, September is a new start for me. And if you've got kids, maybe that's the same kind of thing. You know, September often represents a new season, a new start, a new beginning. And so I know that a lot of people use this time to reset and to prepare for what's to come. And so as we do, I want to challenge you this summer season. I want to challenge you today that what is it that you, what is it that your life is rooted in? What is your life rooted in? You know, just the other day, I had a conversation with my daughter. She's seven. She came home from school and she was like, hey, mom, we're doing like a science experiment where we've got to plant a seed and we're planting it in soil. We're planting it in, um, I think it was cotton wool and we're planting it in paper or something like that. And, you know, she knew from that young age, we had a conversation about it. She knows from this young age that actually seeds have to be planted in the right environment, in the right place in order to grow well, in order to establish roots and in order to grow well. And, you know, I love science at school. I was a bit of a geek. I know, it's hard to tell, isn't it? Hard to tell that I was a bit of a geek at school, but I love science. You know what? You don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to be a gardener to know that actually... For plants to grow well, they have to be rooted. Can't just lay down our roots anywhere. They have to be in the right place. So I want to dive straight in and let's look at what the Bible talks about in terms of being rooted. So would you turn with me to uh, Colossians 2, verses 6 to 7 in your Bibles? If you don't have a Bible, it will come up on the screen. So it's Colossians 2. And by the way, if you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you a free Bible. So if you, if you want one, please talk to one of the team before you leave and we can give you one of those. So Colossians 2, verses 6 to 7. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. 
So a little bit of context for you. Paul is writing this letter to the Colossians, who were a group of believers. And right at the beginning of the letter in chapter one, Paul says that they're kind of well known for two things. Firstly, for their faith, the faith that they have. And secondly, for the love that they have for God's people. Pretty good reputation to have, if you know, you're asking me. He also goes on to say that the gospel is bearing much fruit and it's growing throughout the whole world, just as it's been doing among them since they received and they believed about God's grace. So right from the beginning, Paul is writing to them. He's commending them. He's encouraging them that what they're doing through the faith and through the love that they demonstrate is bearing much fruit. Isn't that interesting that in Colossians 2, we go on to read about being rooted. There's a link there. So let's read that verse just again. So Colossians 2, so then just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So there's a few things in this scripture that I want to pull out this morning that tell us what it is that we need to do to be rooted in Christ. I think a good reminder for us as a church this morning, what it is we need to be doing to to be rooted in him. So firstly, we can see that he says, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord. So firstly, we need to receive Jesus as Lord. And can I just say, if you are here this morning and you haven't yet received Jesus as your Lord, I want to encourage you, that first and foremost, you need to receive him. You need to receive him into your heart. In order to be rooted in him, you need to receive that free gift. That's what it is, isn't it? It's a gift of grace that Jesus offers each and every one of us. And you know what? You might be here this morning. Yes, you might have so many questions. That's okay. And you might still think, do you know what? I've got so much that I don't understand and I haven't got figured out. Can I just let you into a secret that none of us really do? This is a faith journey. But Jesus died on the cross for you and for me. He died so that we can be set free from sin. We can be set free from death. And we can have that relationship with the Father that he always intended for us to have. And so if you haven't yet received that gift of Jesus, then please don't leave this place this morning. Come and talk to one of us and let us just pray with you as you take that step. And then can you see that those two words at the end of that sentence, like when I was reading this, these two words really struck struck me. It stood out in a new way. It's not just about receiving Jesus, but we need to receive him as Lord. So when we first become a Christian, we receive Jesus as our saviour, don't we? And he becomes everything to us. On our journey of faith, he becomes many things at different points. He becomes our friend. He becomes our advocate. He becomes our healer, our comforter. He becomes our rock. But he must first and always be our Lord. If we are making him Lord of our lives every single day, then other things, if we, sorry, if we're not making him Lord, then other things are going to take his place, aren't they? Other things creep in and before we know it, we're making them Lord of our lives instead of Jesus. It's a daily thing. We need to wake up. We need to re-surrender to him. We need to recommit to him and say, do you know what, God? You are my Lord. Where are you leading me today? Where are you taking me? Because I want to say yes to you and all that you have for me. 
And the Bible says, doesn't it, to seek first the kingdom of God. And what do we know about a kingdom? A kingdom has to have a Lord. There has to be a Lord over a kingdom. So if we are seeking first the kingdom of God, then we need to acknowledge him again as Lord. We need to surrender to him. So firstly, we need to receive Jesus as Lord. Secondly, that scripture says that we need to continue to live our lives in him. Continue to live our lives in him. You know, in John 15, Jesus says, abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And you know, the word abide, so I'm not very good at Greek. Apologies if you speak Greek or if you are Greek. Uh, But it comes from the Greek word meno or meno, which means to stay or to remain or to dwell or to rest. We need to abide in him. We need to remain in Jesus. We need to dwell in him through all seasons. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to go the distance with God. He's the best place to be. (laughs) Jesus is the only one that I want to be abiding in and resting in. Because, you know, the Bible says, doesn't it, that this journey of life, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Now, I think... To be honest, I hate running, so both are pretty, pretty hard work to me. But I think a marathon's a bit harder. It's longer, requires discipline, determination, commitment. This is what the Bible describes life as. It's a marathon. We need to remain in Jesus. We need to keep pressing on. We need to keep pressing in. And do you know what? It's all going to be worth it at the end because this life we are just passing through And the prize at the end of that marathon, the Bible says the prize is Jesus. We get to spend eternity with our Jesus. What a greater prize. So when things get tough, who do we turn to? Who do we talk to? You know, when things go well, who do we give thanks to? Do we pray? Do we get, do we go to Jesus with everything? You know, we need to make a commitment to dig deep and to get to know him even more. Do you ever think that you just know like know everything about someone? Like I'm married to AJ and I know him pretty well, but still there's things that I learn about him. Like we spend time together and I still am finding out more and more about him. And that's what it's like with Jesus. I want to know him more. I want to know his ways. I want to know what he's talking to me about, what he's teaching me about. And that all comes through prayer. We have to be intentional with that time that we spend with him. And we have to commit to that time with him. You know, pray. Let's build that relationship with him. We had that recent prayer series, didn't we? Just a little while ago. Again, if you need to listen to that again, you can find it on the website. And you know, the interesting thing about roots is that they're underground, aren't they? They're essential to all that we do and all that we are, all that we become. But no one else sees them. Anything could be going on under that under the soil, under there. But it's in that private place. It's in that hidden place where we seek his presence, where we get down on our knees and we pray and we worship him, where we spend time in his presence. He draws us in close to him. It's where that intimacy is built. He shares, he reveals the secrets of his heart to us without an audience, 
It's in that place where our roots grow deep, hidden, unseen by the rest of the world. And yet if we don't get those roots established first, then what is seen by the rest of the world isn't going to be that good fruit that Paul talks about. So we need to continue to live our lives in him. And thirdly, we need to be teachable. That verse says, doesn't it, that we need to be teachable. The greatest teacher there ever was is Jesus. You know, what does he say about things? What does he say about how we should live? What does he say about how we should love one another, how we should serve one another? We need to get stuck into his word and we need to seek to understand what it is that he's teaching us and he's instructing us to do. Now in Proverbs, it says, whoever heeds instruction, they're on the path to life. If you heed instruction, you're on the path to life. There's a few things I think we can do to help us with this. Firstly, I think we need to surround ourselves with Christians who can teach us, who can help us, who can challenge us who can encourage us. You know, let's have debates. Let's ask those difficult questions. Let's come together. Why does the scripture seem to contradict itself in this place? I don't understand. Can you help me? Can we work through this together? That's a healthy place to be when we do that in community. You know, connect groups are a great place to do this. We, I know we talk about it all the time, but it's so important to surround ourselves, to get in fellowship with other Christians who can teach us and who we can learn from. What about listening to sermons and podcasts, like not just on a Sunday, but during the week? I was speaking to a friend this week and he was saying, oh, sometimes I find it difficult to look on YouTube. I get a bit distracted by things that are going on. But actually, when I'm in my car, I can put a podcast on and I can listen and I can really take in what is being said. Let's be intentional about learning things and being teachable. Accountability, you know, find someone who you trust who can challenge you, give them permission to ask those difficult questions about what is going on in your life, where your roots are, where your roots are. You know, this is something that God's been challenging me on recently. This is where, in this place, in community, when we're teachable, this is where we can not only establish good roots, but actually that's where they're sustained as well. That's where the roots are sustained. Ultimately, it's about us being humble and it's about us surrendering to God's ways. And fourthly, we need to be overflowing with thankfulness. The Bible's full, isn't it, of verses about being thankful. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Devote yourselves in prayer, being watchful and thankful Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. You know, I think God reiterates this point because he gets that we find that difficult to be thankful. You know, it is difficult, isn't it? I mean, give thanks in all circumstances, really. That's what the Lord is saying. And why? Because when we give thanks in all circumstances, our eyes shift, don't they? It takes our eyes from the situation that we're faced with. It takes our eyes from the circumstances that are going on around us, whatever that may be, things that we can't control. And it refixes, it fixes our eyes again on Jesus, who is good. And he is good all the time. He doesn't owe us an explanation, does he? He doesn't owe us an explanation as to what's going on and why. He doesn't owe us anything. In fact, we owe him everything. 
We owe him everything and our thanks and our gratitude is the least that we can give him. So let's practice a life of gratitude and being thankful. So in order to ensure that we're rooted in Christ, we need to receive Jesus as Lord. We need to live our lives in him. We need to be teachable and we need to be thankful. And then what happens when we're rooted in him? There's one scripture, I'm sure you're familiar with it, but it's in Jeremiah. And it describes so beautifully what the result is, like what happens when we are rooted in him. So we're going to look at that now. It's Jeremiah 17, verses 7 to 8. So again, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there, otherwise it will come up on the screen. Jeremiah 17, verses 7 to 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It doesn't fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and it never fails to bear fruit. Amen. Roots have two main functions, don't they? Firstly, is to anchor the plant to the ground. Roots anchor us. You know, no matter what is going on around us, whether it's wind or rain or drought, things that are out of our control, as you just talked about. You know, if we are rooted in him, the Bible says here that we will not fear. We will have no worries in the year of drought. You know, a year is a long time. But we won't fear when our roots are established in him because they anchor us to Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I, when time of trouble comes, and the Bible says it will come, Times of trouble will come. I don't want to be afraid. I want to be so firmly anchored to Jesus that I know in him I'm able to withstand all things. The storms, the drought, the hurricanes of life. It's only in him that I'm able to stand firm, anchored to him, the one who holds the whole universe in his hands. I want to be anchored to him. In Mark, there's a verse in Mark that says, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Let's not be a people that wither because we don't have any roots. When our roots are established in Jesus and we are anchored to him, then our roots go out to the stream, which is Jesus. And we will always have green leaves. We will always be rooted in him. You know, a few years ago, so I've been married to AJ now, coming up nine years this summer, um, which I can't quite believe. And a few years just after we were married, um, AJ, I remember a time when he was working really, he'd work a series of lates. So AJ's a, a truck mechanic. So basically he goes to breakdowns and fixes lorries at the side of the road. And I know that he is trained in how to deal with that situa- those situations safely. Um, however, there was a time when I would call him and I just remember it would just ring and ring and ring and there'd be no answer on the phone and it's quite late at night I was just kind of ringing up to see how he was like if he's okay and there was no answer instead of me rationally thinking he's probably on a breakdown he's probably not got his phone in his hand because he's like fixing a lorry you know doing whatever he's doing but do you know what there was a time when fear just took over and before I knew it all these thoughts came into my head I had that I had felt like I had no control over it. I started to get just carried away with thought after thought to the point where I would be paralysed by fear and I would shake and I was almost waiting for the knock at the door to tell me something horrific had happened. And this would happen time and time again. It was becoming a pattern. 
And do you know what? AJ said to me one day, do you know what, Jenna? Enough is enough. You can't live your life in fear like this. You probably got fed up with all the phone calls as well, <laughs> all the missed calls. <laughs> I'm trying to work. <laughs> but um, do you know what? That really, really challenged me, really challenged me. And the Lord led me to a verse in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, which says, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Take captive every thought, make it obedient to Christ. Wow. Do you know what? I realised that although most of my roots were established in Jesus, one root had gone off astray and it had become rooted in fear. And before I knew it, that fear was taking over me. It was affecting my whole body. It was affecting the way I thought, the way I behaved. And I had to do something about that. You know, that verse, a few things that stood out for me for that, from that verse, you know, take captive. We have a choice, don't we? We have a responsibility. That verb, take, is a command. Take captive. It requires discipline. It requires us to do something, to be active, in that. And the Bible talks about renewing our mind. You know, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Thoughts affect how we behave. Thoughts affect what we say. Thoughts affect, you know, most things start with a thought, don't they? So we need to be able to take captive those thoughts that aren't from Jesus. And when they come in, we need to recognise them. We need to confess that to Jesus. And we need to start focusing on what Jesus says is true. I had to take captive those horrible thoughts and make it obedient and surrender to the name of Jesus, to what he says about me, to what he says about my life, to what he says about my future. I had to choose to trust him and I had to choose to root my thoughts again in him. And by the way, this is a process. It didn't just happen. And sometimes now, not so much with AJ, but more with my kids, these thoughts creep in. And before I know it, Suddenly I'm down the line and the worst thing has happened. And again, I have to go back to the scripture. I have to take captive those thoughts and make it obedient to Christ. You know, bit by bit, I had to dig up that root that was established in the wrong place in fear and reroot it in Christ. And we have to do that sometimes, don't we? We have to take stock and we have to realise where we might have roots in our lives that have gone astray. And so that is my challenge to you guys this morning. Maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, do you know what? I sometimes get that. I get that fear and that anxiety that just takes over me. And I know it's not from Jesus. And I know it's not what he wants for me for my life. Maybe it's other things. Maybe you've got a root that's gone astray and it's in the approval of others the need to get that approval from other people instead of rooting yourself in what Jesus says about you and your identity. Maybe you're uh, rooted in your identity in your job, maybe in your position or how much money that you are earning. Maybe that's where you're finding who you are and your identity. Maybe it's in addiction. Maybe you found yourself that you're rooted in the love of alcohol or gambling or whatever it is, and it's, an, it's become an addiction in your life? Or is it in lust or adultery? Is it in the love of money? You know, the Bible says the root of all evil is the love of money, not money itself. Money is not bad, but it was when it becomes the love of money and you're seeking first that. Is it in anger? Is it sometimes that you find yourself reacting in situations? You're like, wow, where did that come from? 
Have you found that maybe a root has been established in anger? Or maybe it's in hurt or pain from a past experience and you just can't let go. Like this stuff is difficult to talk about, isn't it? But do you know what? God's calling us to call it out. He tells us to call out sin, call it out from darkness into light because when it's exposed for what it is, there's no hold anymore. It doesn't take a foothold in our life. And that's what roots do, isn't it? They go so deep that they anchor, that they take a hold. And so I believe this morning that God wants to do some work in us, that he wants to challenge us, that he wants to dig up some of those things that have been rooted in the wrong place and he wants to reroute them back into Jesus, back into Christ where they should be because that's where we find freedom and that's where we start to grow healthily. That's where we start to walk and become in all that he intended for us to be. Hebrews 12, 15 says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe you haven't been able to forgive somebody or something that's happened in your past. And you can feel this morning the Lord saying, I want you to dig up that root of bitterness because it doesn't have a place in your life. I want to set you free from that. So firstly, roots anchor us. Secondly, roots absorb water and nutrients from the soil, which are essential to their survival, i.e. they ensure that we bear fruit. That verse in Jeremiah says, we'll never, be, we'll never fail to be green. We're always going to bear fruit. Our life will always bear fruit when we are rooted in Christ, even if we don't see it straight away. It will. That's what the Bible promises us. And you know, if you're like me, you've heard that phrase a few times to bear fruit, but not quite under, like maybe not quite understood exactly what that means, what that looks like. So just to unpack that a little bit. Firstly, when we bear fruit, we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit. You know, in Galatians 5.22, the Bible says, when we walk by the Spirit, then we're going to receive the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These aren't always seen straight away, are they? But the more that we spend time walking with the Spirit and rooted in Jesus, then these fruits, the fruit of the Spirit is seen in our lives and people start to notice these things. They affect our thoughts and our actions, how we respond to people, how we love people. Secondly, through prayer. You know, the night before Jesus died, he said to his disciples, and you can read it in John 15, it says, he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you may bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So here Jesus is linking asking and receiving with bearing fruit. You know, he's revealing that actually answered prayer is a form of fruit. So we can seek to be fruitful in our prayer life by being rooted in him. So the fruits of the spirit and being fruitful in prayer. And thirdly, in our actions, in Colossians, Paul says to them that we've not ceased praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understandings that you may live worthily of the Lord and please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good deed. You know, we've all got different spiritual gifts, haven't we? Trevor, again, he talked about that last week. 
We've all got different spiritual gifts that God gives us. And when we use these, when we follow God in terms of when he's asking us, when, he, when we're obedient to him and to use the gifts that he's given us, then we're going to bear much spiritual fruit. But God takes the little that we offer him, doesn't he? He takes the little and he multiplies it. And he uses it for his glory. And, and fruit is bad, all orchestrated through him, through the Holy Spirit. So we don't have to try and produce fruit. You know, when trees are planted, when they've got those deep roots, they naturally produce this fruit. And it's the same with us. It's not about striving to do good deeds. It's not about striving to have our prayers answered. But when we're rooted in Christ, when we're anchored to him, when we abide in him, then this fruit is going to develop. It's the tangible evidence of God working in us and working through us. Healthy things grow. It starts from the root. And if it's rooted in the right place with the right right amount of nourishment and water, then the whole being is going to grow well. And there's no option for us to produce that fruit that Jesus talks about. Just before I finish, I want to say to you that it's never too late. That's something specific I feel that Jesus was saying this morning, that it's never too late. And maybe you are here and you think, do you know what? It's too late. I feel, I feel like I can't be rerouted in him. I feel like I've just lost all hope. And I want to say to you this morning that Jesus makes all things new. You know, our Jesus has the ability to turn things that were once dead into living again. Our Jesus has the ability to turn things that were once wilting and withered into vibrant life again and full of colour. And our Jesus has the ability to turn things that were once hungry and thirsty into things that are satisfied and full. If you think, I heard this quote this week, And it really struck me. If you think you don't deserve another chance from God, remember you didn't deserve the first chance either. If you think you don't deserve another chance from God, remember you didn't deserve the first chance either. Isn't that a great reminder that, do you know what? Our God is a God of second chances, of third chances, of infinite chances, because that's what grace is about. His grace goes deep. His grace runs deep, deeper than any of the stuff that we come with this morning. So let that be an encouragement to you as you you start listening to what it is that God wants to dig up in you and reroot in him, that his grace runs deep.